This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Love your sport, love your music. For the ultimate blend, it has to be LTID with your host, Chris. Hello, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good morning, good day, goodbye. Hello, welcome again. It is sloppy seconds time. Um, look, we talked about it last night, but it wasn't confirmed. Typical Leicester, waiting until I'd finished the stream and then announced the appointment. <laughs> They just, they don't do anything normally. Like, I've had me rant, so I'm in a better mood now. I had that earlier with my live pick show. Uh, welcome along to the new show. And it is the news that we have now confirmed 100% that we have got the Three Musketeers joining uh, the club. And you'll have the Three Musketeers today for a bit with myself, Brad, and Rob Tanner from The Athletic, who's going to come in and give us his insights as well. Uh, just popping on for 15 minutes, because obviously he's working. Uh, this is Let's Little Die TV. And we're live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter uh, Thank you for joining us Please give us a sub if you want uh, If you want to listen via the podcast We're on all the major podcast platforms Just search Leicester Till I Die Or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Leicester Till I Die uh, As you can see there That is everything that we are on uh, Happy? Not happy? We might actually see a bit of this. Ladies and gentlemen, England will be playing 4 4 fucking 2. He has got a reputation for that. But look, what I want to do is I want to play you this because this is only six minutes. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it is Dean Smith's. Um, this is probably why it took so long to, uh, to, to actually get him announced because 
they were playing that many different <laughs> pictures and photographs. Um, it was probably like a day out at Jessup's. Anyway, this is what he's got to say, and I don't know about you, but I was just a little bit impressed. Here we go. Well, Dean, welcome to Leicester City. These are important times, of course, for the football club. Firstly, how does it feel to be here and to be back in football? Um, yeah, I've had a, a nice break. The first break I've had, um, you know, I think since I came into management for the first time, I think I've had nine on 600 consecutive games. Um, so, yeah, I had a nice break, but, you know, it's nice to be back and, you know, uh, none more so than being at this, this football club and, you know, this training centre. So, um, excited now. Um, but know there's a lot of lot of hard work in front of us and, and looking forward to it. Leicester are obviously in a precarious position at the moment. How do you assess the Premier League situation? Yeah, it is precarious. Um, and if it was something that I thought was insurmountable, then, you know, uh, I wouldn't have come. And shaking uh, JT wouldn't have come if they believed that also. Um, so we're looking forward to the challenge, but we know it's going to be tough and we'll be putting demands on the players. Um, and we'll be putting demands on ourselves and we'll be spending every every minute of every day to make sure we work hard to make sure that we keep this football club in the Premier League. There's so much quality in this squad, isn't there? What do you want to see from the players from the start? Well, you know, I watched the game on, on Saturday um, and there looked a lack of confidence, uh, some some lethargy as well, which we we have to get out of the players. We need to, to instil confidence, instill belief um, and obviously give them tactical plans and be adaptable in them tactical plans for each game we play. Um, and as I say, we, all three of us, believe that we can do that. We believe that we can come in and give the players a lift, um, give them some fresh ideas, make sure they run hard, work hard and have a good tactical plan to go and win football games, which uh, as a squad, I believe they're fully capable of doing. How do you go about injecting that confidence into the squad at this stage of the season? Well, I don't think we're going to be able to work too much on their fitness levels towards the end of the season. Um, you know, that's usually the go-to for any new manager. Um, but there's, you know, one thing I'll certainly do is speak to the players straight as soon as I can, um, get to know them, get an idea of that, what they think, why they think we're in this position and ideas from them, how they think we can get out and how to improve. But ultimately, we'll be the decision makers and uh, you know, point them in the direction that we believe that we can go in. You've mentioned them already. Craig Shakespeare and John Terry join you here at the football club now. We know Shaky well, of course. What are you hoping they'll bring to the table for you? Well, I think as a package, the three of us, it's uh, a good package in terms of, you know, I've been in this situation before, um, you know, a previous club, Aston Villa. We've 10 games to go at the end of the season. Um, Craig is an outstanding assistant manager, as everybody at this football club knows and has done it here previously um, in keeping the team up. And JT is an outstanding defensive coach, um, but he also brings vast experience of, of the Premier League playing at the elite level and he will drive high standards as well. So I think each, each of the three of us will bring something that the players can tap into, that's for sure. And, um, you know, 
togetherness is going to be the biggest thing uh, that can help us get out of it. And that's inclusive of, of the supporters who every time I've been to the King Power have been, you know, uh, the 12th man. And um, that's what we have to use uh, because we can't get away from the fact we're in a tough position at the moment. Um, you know, it's going to take a lot of hard work to get out of that. It's almost a mini season for you, isn't it? How excited are you personally for the challenge of that? Yeah, I'm excited. Um, it's a great opportunity uh, for myself and Shaky and, and JT. Um, you know, we, we're going to see it as, you know, like a, a competition, really. You know, we've got six games, eight weeks um, to save the season. And we'll be, we'll be spending every minute working with the players and working on the plans and the staff to make sure that we're, we can do that. And of course, it needs to happen soon. But there are winnable games in our running. There's a path to survival there, isn't there? There is, but we've got to make sure we're competitive in every game we play. Um, I think that's the only way you can drive success and drive that mentality. Um, and we need to, to try and change that mentality now. Um, be tough to beat. Be, work very hard without the ball and make sure it's hard for the, op the opponents to, to get into our, our defensive areas. Um, but we've got to be a little bit brighter with the ball as well. Um, look to break lines quickly. I feel that we have got players who can go and hurt teams when we break lines quickly. Uh, you know, any team is tough to break down when there's 11 men behind the ball. So we have to break lines quickly and, and you know, go and play with a little bit of pace. How important is it that everyone sticks together during these testing times? Really important because, you know, the one thing I've learned from experience, there will be ups and downs throughout these eight games as well. Um, you know, one thing that I'll be is consistent in my approach um, and with the players, um, you know, and I know, you know, from experience with uh, Shaky and JT, they will be as well. Um, but, you know, the supporters can be assured that, you know, the demands that we will put on the players will be on ourselves as well. And we will we will spend every minute to the last game of the season to make sure that we, we achieve them ambitions. And just finally, do you have a word for those supporters? What role can they play in this fight for survival? They can play a massive role. Um, we've all seen how tough it can be to come to the, the King Power and we need to make it tough for every team that, that comes there this season. Um, you know, it's never easy when your team's not in a precarious position as it is at the moment. Um, but I think we have to stick together and I believe we will. Well, Brad, good afternoon. Can't hear you, mate. You're on mute. So, uh, it's because my housemates just came back as I was moving around. So, guys, yeah. That I, I want to just bit mention, and then I know you said something that you want to bring up before we um, before we went live, and uh, Rob Tanner should be joining us probably in about five minutes. He was at the Bournemouth game, and yet the cameras didn't pick him up. So, whether he was sort of... Or that I saw anyway, and there's no mention of it. So whether he was sort of brought in like a prisoner at uh, Gavitry Prison and a big thing over his head, I was surprised at that. But I was even more surprised that he was at the game and he still wanted to come. Well, I mean, it shows, like he said there, if the three of them together obviously sat down, looked at Leicester's situation, probably looked at the fixture list as well, let's, let, let's face it, because... It's all well and good being only two points from safety, but if you've got Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City, Oops. and that all, all, I didn't know what was going on there, Rob. I don't know about you. 
But you know, he I had obviously a Rogers moment. I didn't know what was going on either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he, they've obviously looked at it all, and you know, he might have been in the he might have been in the executive box. They didn't want him in the eyes of that, especially with all the rumours floating around about Jesse Marsh. Just less than what, just over twenty four hours beforehand. It's probably a bit. Um, one of them, and obviously he feels he's up to the challenge. It's nice, it's positive. I know, I know it's all a little bit. Everybody says the same thing when they're hired, but there were, there were certain things in there. Just the way you seem to word things differently we'll, um, we'll was good. That in a second, but I wanted to say hello and welcome into Rob Tanner from the Athletic. Good afternoon, Rob. Hi guys, you okay? Well, happier than I was yesterday. I don't know about you, but yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm Strangely, a little bit more optimistic with with the three strong characters that we've brought in at the club to to to, to deal with the situation. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but no one was going to be everybody's cup of tea. So, experience all around there. Um, so yeah, happy. you said here, Rob, uh, you were on the radio yesterday. Uh, today, I think you were, and you know, thank you very much for popping on. <laughs> Probably uh, your phone is ringing off the hook. Uh, and you say here the fans are just happy with a different voice and a new message. And I've got to say, I think you're spot on there. Well, yeah, I mean, this was the problem when they decided to um, to make the change so late in the season. You, you know, you've got slim pickings, really, of of mm. candidates that can come in because... And this is the process they've been through. They've approached so many potential candidates to see if they would be, A, willing to come in as an interim for just eight games whether they'd be willing to drop down to the championship if the worst happened. Uh, and they were finding that um, frequently that, that the answers were no to that. Now, the Jesse Marsh situation was interesting because this was, you know, their, 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 their last option was to appoint a permanent manager. They didn't want to. They wanted an interim and then have a rethink in the summer and reassess the, their options then because you're not going to get the ideal candidate right now. Um but uh, I think they were just trying to line up Jesse as a backup if they couldn't get that interim in. And then uh, the situation with Dean unfolded and it was clear that was the way they were going to go then. Because uh, I, I think it, it, it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, Dean has got experience of fighting a relegation battle with Villa. Um, he's got the he got the best out of Grealish there, transformed him on and off the pitch. Can he do the same with Madison? Shaky knows several of the players. He knows people at the club. He knows the club. He knows the culture. He knows the fan base. Can he, was he work with Vardy? Great escape, wasn't he? Exactly. Uh, it's the third time at the club, so that ticks another box. And then you've got the X factor of uh, John Terry. You know the, his stature in the game, what he's achieved. The work he did defensively at Villa. I mean, we know all know that's been the biggest problem this season has been the defending. Yes. I mean, no clean sheets since November 12th is terrible. I mean, you, you can't go into games uh, knowing that you've got to score at least two just to get something out of the game, the way they're, they're, they're going uh, at the moment. So hopefully, I know they're not miracle workers and they've only, only got eight games, six weeks. But if they can have an impact straight away and sort out a few elements of that, you know, they've got a chance. They're just going to give us a chance. Yeah, I mean, I, I write for the BBC as well, and my Tuesday talking point, uh, I start off with uh, the saying, beware the Ides of Marsh, uh, and apparently it, it means it's a warning to watch out for portrayal of misfortune. My God, that was never true, was it, Brad, That we, when we nearly got Jesse Marsh? I mean, I, I, I know Richard Keyes has said it, but his ego... Is so he, he's got an ego that his skills can't deliver. 
Yeah, it seems that way when you look at his track record. I mean, you you had a Leeds fan on call uh, talking about him, and, it, and it's quite well known. I, I was a little bit surprised, but then when you think about it, it's not. Even Leeds fans weren't enamoured with him. I mean, the fact that it took the last day of the season, and even then it wasn't the most inspiring way they stayed up. It was more due to the fact that they had um, the likes of Burnley, with the greatest respect to have shot straight back up under the company, um, just weren't good enough. They were miles off the pace and it was always a case of you're only beating two teams and not three. Uh, because, you know, let's face it, Burnley and um, was it Norwich that went down with them? They, they they were two teams that everybody looked at and went, well, they're probably down. So that probably helped his cause. But again, we were at a point, like Robson, we were at a point of desperate needs, call for desperate measures. And had he agreed to take us, we'd be sat here going, well... At least he's managed in the Premier League. Um, you know, the, the big difference is, is you've seen the success and, and fellow Villa fans uh, coming out saying they were gutted when he was sacked originally and and, and, and they're kind of gutted that he's back now because he'll probably keep us up, even though there's not such a massive... It's just very strained term, the Midlands rivalry when we play them, but they're, they, they, they think we've got the right man in um, compared to some Leicester fans, obviously, who aren't yeah. so happy. But, but talk, talking, Rob, you know, about um, only 10 games to go, only eight games to go. Um, I, I've just done a show now, and the highest we have been all season is 13th, which was on, it was on match day one. <laughs> Since then, we haven't been anywhere. We were 11th, sorry, we were 11th, and that's the highest we've been all season. I find it beggars belief. And look, we all love top to, bit to bits. Of course we do. Um, and we've always said that when the um, team, you know, is, is bad, playing badly, not winning games, it stops at the manager. The running of the club as a business must stop with top. Now, Yes, he's had other things on his mind. We know that with, with, you know, KP and COVID and what have you. But he's entrusted, you know, uh, Susan Whelan, John Rudkin, Andrew Neville to run this club. And yet the accusation is that there was no plan B in place when they finally sacked Brendan Rodgers. Surely they should have been looking at that and saying, fuck hell, this isn't going as planned. Uh, we, be- we better not say and approach people, but at least have a list of people they can probably, you know, consider or go to if it happens. It, it's Yeah, it's a fair point because there certainly wasn't a strategy. I mean, if there was for Rogers' removal, they would have done it earlier and they would have done it in a window where they'll give them a bit more time to find the successor to come in. It's, yeah, interestingly, they had an international break where they could have done it. And they didn't do it. And it was the next game after the next game. So there clearly wasn't a strategy there. They wanted to give Brendan as much time as possible. They've invested a lot in him, not just financially being the the best paid manager in the club's history, but um, a lot of uh, time with him as well. They they gave him a lot more power um, to make decisions around the whole club. Um, And obviously with the success that he's had, and and let's make no bones about it, he was a very successful manager in the first couple of years, you know, what they've achieved, two top five finishes in an FA Cup. You know, he was successful and he'll always go down in in history books as one of the most successful managers in the club's history. But it seemed inevitable to me over time that it just seemed to be running its course as it had done uh, for him at other clubs previously, that three-year sort of cycle. And they were just yeah. coming round to the start of a new cycle. Um, but obviously, it, it was going in one direction. So um, they made that decision. 
And then it was a case of all hands to the pump. Let's find somebody that's going to try and keep us up. I mean, I think originally they wanted to leave it to Stoud and Sadler and hope they would get the bounce out of the players and be that fresh voice in the dressing room. And that clearly didn't work. I mean, that performance against Bournemouth was, I thought, the first half in particular was the worst of the season. They just looked completely devoid of any idea of what they were doing. They were all over the place. So it was clear then they had to bring somebody in and they'd already set the ball rolling by approaching a number of, of possible candidates. As I said earlier, you know, they were finding that quite a few of them were saying no. Um, mm. So it wasn't exactly a situation that they would embrace, unless you were going to go into the championship and try and find a young up-and-coming manager who would like seize the opportunity of managing in the Premier League, even if it was for eight, eight games. But that would have been a huge gamble because there's no experience. Yeah. This feels to me like the best-case scenario because you've got the, the blend of experience of relegation battles. You've got a different voice. You've got a familiar face and you've got a leader. So hopefully, fingers crossed, they, they can give the bounce. Let's just hope they've got enough time to do it. It is, Brad, it is almost, a, if you could put three people together, you know, the experience of, you know, A, if we go down and maybe he stays with us then and he's got a promotion, he knows how to get out that division. And B, like you say, he, he's fought with Villa. You've got Craig Shakespeare, like we said, who, who's been here, knows it. Uh, was here for the great escape and was here for the um, uh, obviously the Premier League win. And John Terry, who's one of you know, let's be honest with you, but one of the best defenders in Premier League history. We couldn't have put it together better. But do you think that if if the guy in the middle there above us wasn't coming along, would the would the fans be as happy if 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 uh, Shaky wasn't in the in the mix? No, just purely because as as football fans are sentimental sods, you know, Shakespeare probably got a few people that were like, oh, Dean Smith, but then they read Shakespeare and they went, oh, well, Shakespeare knows plays. Like Rob said, uh, and, and you, Chris, it, if you break it down, all three of them, it's a perfect tonic and the perfect mix of things that Leicester need to fix the crisis. They need a bit of a familiar face to put a smile on things. Someone who's going to put, you know, be a bit of a chirpy chappy, get them smiling again, get them feeling like it isn't over and we can do this. We've got that with Shakespeare. For the 95th time, it feels like this season we've got a defensive coach, but boy, could you get a better one? I mean, Vidic, Ferdinand are the names that scream out to me. They're the only ones that he's really put in the calibre of, of, of John Terry. And obviously one's in an office um, in BT and and Sky and the other one's still working hard. So I'd want John Terry. And then experienced managers that are available that have Premier League experience, again, apart from maybe Benitez, he's in that calibre that has a few years' experience. It is the perfect mix. And um, one thing, I know you, we're going to touch through the um, bits and parts of the press conference itself, but one thing that did strike get me nice is he could have easily brushed over the fact that we've got Man City and said and, and kind of without saying anything kind of said he's going to use that as a free hit what does really excite me is the fact that he goes no we're going to be in competitive in every game so he's not using that Man City game as a bonus game we're going to get B I'll use it as a chance to players he wants them to go out there and be competitive I know in hindsight we probably still won't win the game but you get the feeling that we're at least going to get a, an idea of what's to come for the remainder of the season yeah. from, from the performance against Man City. Yeah. I mean, Rob, it is, I totally agree with what Brad said, but it is still a free hit in a way 
it, and then that gives him the extra week because you know once you've got past Man City, you've got four games there that literally, and I feel like I've been saying this all season, are must wins. We've got Wolves at home, Leeds away, Everton at home, and Fulham, who without Mitrovic are beatable. And then even you could say Liverpool, you know, aren't I mean, we had to help them win at beat just last time? So they are such vital games, aren't they? Well, yeah, and I think they probably need to win four of them um, mm. to give themselves a, a yeah. chance. I mean, it's it is a unique season in many respects when you look at uh, down that bottom and how uh, condensed it is with so many sides in trouble. Still, I think some are starting to pull away a little bit now. The worry is that after the Man City game, if they if they lose that, you know, the gap could be a little bit, bit uh, bigger. Um, you've got more ground to make up then. But certainly, if they go to Man City and have a look at what they've got try and bring in some defensive structure, uh, see how that works. They can learn a lot from that 90 minutes, which will stand them in good stead then for the mm. remaining seven. And as you say, there's there's some games in there. There's, there's still a chance. There's still hope. There's games there that are winnable. I mean, yeah. I think the other one that is in comparison to the Man City away will be the Newcastle game. But yes. um, the rest, yes. the rest, you can look at them and you think, right, we know we've got quality in this squad. We've seen mm. the talent before, previously. It's just harnessing that and unleashing that, but doing it on a on a defensive structure, which gives you a chance in games instead of conceding silly goals all the time. I mean, true red days is a Nottingham Forest fan, and you know he he's less confident about staying up than we are, and I suppose that's the only silver lining to the whole thing. If we go down, that they come down. They have with a us. terrible run of games, though, don't they? That Forest yeah, exactly. run a ridiculously bad run of games. But as he says there, he said, you know, Leicester will be more motivated than he is right now. And I guess, I mean, I, I rate Steve Cooper. Uh, I think he's had a, a tough season. But, um, yeah, I, we could have just, by luck, just stumbled onto the, the right thing. I mean, if we go down, and let's be honest with you, it's 50-50, if not even more. This could be the team that we stick with to try and bring us back up. Yes, that, that could be the case if they do go down. Um, the, the, I mean, they will spend the, the summer and have a think about it. But yeah, I think they've these guys, they'll look at them and go, well, they've got promotion before with Villa. Uh, didn't work out at Norwich. Um, but if JT's there, you know, perhaps they've got, you know, another possible candidate. Um, if he fancies it, because I, I know I know he said he's done an interview recently where he's given up on management because the, the the right. I was going to say you've been yeah. reading my notes, haven't you? I was about to ask him about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he said he'd given up on management because the right opportunities haven't come his way because he wants um, a club that will give him some resources and give him an opportunity to build his own team. And he obviously that's not going to be in the Premier League initially. It'll be in the Championship if they go down. That's another option if they stay up then they might go for Potter, uh, which is their preferred option, I believe. So they've been a yeah. long-time admirer of Potter. And once he's recharged his batteries and got over what happened at Chelsea, he might be ready to return. But don't write off um, them sticking with um, Smith, Shakespeare and, yeah. and JT even in the Premier League. Yeah, well, like you say, I mean, they've all been there uh, in some capacity or another. Uh, Boris says they'll be on a massive bonus if they keep us up. Yes, <laughs> and they will deserve it. I have to yeah. be honest with yeah. you, they will totally deserve it. Uh, Brad, I mean, that, like Rob said there, you know, John Terry was waiting for the, the, the right one to come along. Uh, but if we go down, I don't think we'll get Potter. Oh, I think no, 
you know, people look at Chelsea a bit like Forrest, if you like, and go, how much control did he actually have over who was coming in? Do you remember mm. when we had Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank sat in the reception at King Power and Martin Allen walking? Yeah. What the hell are you doing here? And I just think it's a bit, you know, if we go down, I think Potter has done enough at Brighton to earn a job at a Premier League club. And I don't know if he'd go down to Le- come down to Leicester if we were down. No, I, I feel like, with the greatest respect, he'll be waiting for maybe... September, October time. And the reason I say that is because if you look back over history, history tells you the the panic buttons pressed by at least one Premier League club in September, October. Usually it's a newly promoted side. And let's just say, for instance, and well, yeah, well, Watford, Watford's every every six weeks, they've got it contractually yeah. obliged to give them the sack then. <laughs> um, but let's just say it's like a Sheffield United come up, because I won't use Burnley, because I think Vincent Company is going to do more than enough to keep them up, but time will tell. But let's say it's someone like Sheffield United get promoted and they don't have a great start. I think if he if he, he'd be more inclined to take a job of a team that sat 16th, 17th in the Premiership in October than he would be, say, a third-place Leicester City in the Championship. I think you're right. I think he'd be keen to prove that he hasn't lost his magic touch, if you'll pardon the, the, the pun, to take a Premier League job over us in the Championship. Yeah. So this is probably the ideal appointment to give the options there. If, they, yeah. if we stay up, obviously, the incentive, and then to go down, take on the challenge. So... Yeah. Rob, I appreciate you coming on. I'll just ask one last question if I can, then I'll let you go. As I say, I'm sure you are extremely busy today. Um, yeah. Adam Sadler, was he part of Brendan Rodgers' backroom or was he there before Rodgers or separate to Rodgers? He came as a, a tactical analyst in 2014 under Nigel. And then he stepped ah. up, I think it was 2017, uh, 2018 to first team. Uh, responsibilities, coaching responsibility. So he's been at the club a long time, and obviously Stowley was there from two thousand and five. So yeah. you know he's he's been there nearly two decades. So that those two have been entrenched in that club, and I can imagine they'll still have a role to play in the coming eight games as well with the the new guys coming in because they need the support, they need that information that's going to be passed over about what's been going on, who's been performing, how the players are feeling. Uh, I know today they would have held a big meeting with the players as well to ask them what their thoughts are and why the season's gone the way it's gone. Uh, they'll take on board everything, assess it, and they'll start building a plan from today. So to, from today, this is a really important day. It's the first chance that Dean's going to get to um, put his message across to the players, but also get the message from them as well. And then they'll take it from there. Were you surprised, the very last question now, were you surprised that Adam Sadler having taken over from somebody who has been sacked and the reason you were sacked is because you're doing a really awful job. Let's be honest with you. If you were winning things, you don't get sacked. Were you surprised that he came in and didn't really change anything? I mean, against Bournemouth, we're at home. It's a six-pointer. We're playing the teams that's above us. We've got two defensive midfielder and one striker up front who had five touches in the first half against Villa. I think um, the first game against Villa, I noticed that they were considerably deeper. They weren't pressing as high up the pitch as they were before. They were trying to be more solid, which I thought was a, a, a you know a decent step forward. But then I thought that some of the decisions for the second game, um, leaving Harry Suter out to rest him, uh, Mendy as well, because of the amount of games coming up. We're in desperation state stakes now. You can't be affording to rest players now. You've got to field your strongest side every game because yeah. every game matters from here on in. So I did find that a bit strange. But I think Sadler's role has always been he's a very bubbly guy. 
He's very upbeat. He tries to keep the players all positive. Um, it just didn't work. They needed a bit more leadership. They needed that different voice from outside to come in. Yeah. And now they've got three of them. So let's hope let's hope it works. Eh? Fingers crossed, as they say. Rob, from The Athletic. But guys, if you're not subscribing to The Athletic, they've got an offer on. Get over there because I'll tell you what, for me anyway, I love reading Rob's stuff. And to me, you're one of the few that actually write sense. Okay, thanks a lot. But thanks for having me on. No, thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on. It's your show. Oh, I'm going now. It's your show. Carry on. See you later. See you later, Rob. Times. Oh, he's gone. That is <laughs> Hang on a second. He caught, he caught me in the wares there. I didn't think he was going to go quite that quickly. Um, cheers, Rob. Ah, oh, there we go. There we go. Uh, Hayden's in. Hi. Um... Give us James Madison, mate. He's a boiler. Look, you, you, you've waited. You've been trying to get um, uh, what's he called? Telemans for ages, and you're trying to get him on a free now. Just look, if you want him, pay for him, and if you don't, we'll go off and go after somebody else. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. We hope we do as well. Um, I think if we go down, you can probably get Madison because I think he will go, will he not? If we go down, Brad. Oh, he'll go, and he'll go for a packet of uh, Space Invaders and Freddos and probably uh, BFH, if you know what that means, the Bucks Fair home. So, yeah, he won't go for that low, but he'll definitely go. He'll play in the Premiership. He's a Premiership-born player, really. Unfortunately, we won't get the money we would have got for him. Like with Tielemans, if we'd sold him after the FA Cup, we'd have got a lot more than um, if we... uh, if if no, then well, obviously we're not going to get anything for him now. But you know what I mean. But going back to the press conference, mate, because you you wanted to make a point about that, didn't you? Yeah, it was. Um, it was. You know, I I understand that some of it was quite generic because obviously they get asked the same standard questions as any manager does. But um, for anyone that had any concerns about Dean Smith and what he'd bring, um, you know, he mentioned something that when it kind of got to that mundane questions i started looking elsewhere and thinking oh he's just getting asking how he feels about the challenge and thinking is that that eagle piggle from australia oh i don't know i'm not too sure to australia and it all happens doesn't it i I know you need you need to come back eagle piggle um but no the the, the thing was he, he not only was I impressed with the fact that he said um, that he's going, they're going to go into every day, every game to compete. A lot of people might think, well, you're oh, surely going to every game to compete. No, there's a difference between crapping your pants and trying to hope for the best against like the likes of Man City, Liverpool, Newcastle that we've still got to play and being competitive and showing that we've got fight. And I'd rather see them get beat three nil and have twelve chances and six on target and and and, and look like them for a fight. And the fact that he says we're going to start attacking, you know, that's something that I was like, we haven't heard that in 18 months, Chris, didn't I? I said that to you, like, tongue-in-cheek to your back. So said, we haven't heard that in 18 months, attacking. What's that word? Yeah. Uh, I've looked at the definition. It means apparently to be aggressive and to uh, go forth. So, you know, and we've seen it at times that this Leicester side is clearly still capable of it. Um under Brendan and Sadler, though, unfortunately, they waited until they were one or two nil down and did it in the 60th minute. So, as long as he's going to mix it up, do it from the start, who knows, Chris? That may be the words for, we're going to go two up front, you know, because this, 
this club is so obvious in, in, in a lot of ways this season. And it's obvious we need two up front. So if, if the first thing I see against Man City is Nacho and Daka playing, I'm going to be smiling there to wear regardless, as long as yeah. we don't get like smashed 7 or 8 nil, obviously. But, you know, yeah. if... if yeah. If the impetus is, is laid in the formation, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy. It will show there's change already. Definitely. Um, I want to show this from, uh, I think it was at least the Mercury. Uh, I don't often agree with Chris Sutton. In fact, it's very, <laughs> very rarely do any of us agree with Chris Sutton. But in fairness, he accuses Leicester City of absolute panic after Brendan Rodgers' sacking. I know we've covered this, but it's a fair point, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, you look at the timing, you look at the situation, you you you, you take everything into account and, and, and break it down. You're thinking, how has it taken this long? You know, where I, I, I can understand loyalty um, and being on a bit of extra time for his achievements. That I do. And again, like Rob said, it's, it, it would never take his achievements away for what he did to us. But there became a part where even neutrals were joining Leicester fans with a raised eyebrow going, "What? why is his past success giving him extra games? I mean, like Rob said, that international break, now I wouldn't have cared if he'd have been sucked in it and still been the same case of Sadler's in for them two games. Um, I do feel a little bit bad for, for, for Sutherland on that in, in, in the sense of yes they didn't really change much but if you think about it in hindsight they had two training sessions to implement anything on their own because we sacked him played um, Villa and then three days later you know played or four days later should I say played um, Bournemouth yeah. ideally we could have sacked him at the international break and they would have had Crystal Palace game and they would have had a week, and then maybe we would have seen something a bit different. Um, not necessarily that it wouldn't have changed Leicester's impetus to get a, a more sturdier manager in on an interim basis, but at least then the options. Uh, I know we're talking about Dean Smith in a good light here, but you know you never know, do you? Had they had they sat him in the international break and Leicester picked up a win out of them three games, would be out. That we'd at least be out of the relegation zone, and maybe our first option wouldn't have turned them down, whoever it was. You, you, you don't know these things. Football's a hindsight, but yeah, a broken clock is Chris is Chris Sutton. Uh, I see his Celtic B side are winning the Scottish Premier League, so I'm I'm, I'm sure he's dead happy about I think, that. I think he, I think he's hit the nail on the head here. You know, yeah, uh, he does. He has on this case. We, we know we don't like him because of that particular comment, but you know, he does actually. I'll be honest with you. Occasionally, I do find myself agreeing with him. Um, at the moment, we're an absolute joke. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's have a look at Dean Smith as well. We're looking at him there. But let's have a look at his, his record, um, which was a seven-inch, released in 1979. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know if you can see that. You probably can't. So let me just go through this very briefly. Walsall was his first managerial job. 260 games there. Uh, 184, drew 96, lost 80. So his win percentage was 32%. And he was there from uh, 2011 to 2015. He then actually, I'd, I'd forgotten this, he went to Brentford. Yes. And he was at Brentford for 143 games um, from 15 to 18. He got 57 wins. Again, more wins than losses, which is all at the end of the day you can hope for, isn't it, really? Uh, 39%. Yeah. 
Um, then, of course, to Villa for 139, 55 wins. Well, all oh, right, I've just said that, 56 losses. Bloody hell. <laughs> but still, oh, well, there's not much in the numbers, though, no, is there, no. to be fair to him. 39.5% is win rate. Norwich, now, listen, I think with Norwich is, um, yeah, you've got to have a look at the last appointment. And I think everybody that's been shouting for Rafa, Rafa, Rafa forgets he was ever at Everton and what he did there. You know, and say, well, he brought Newcastle back up. Yes, but he also took Newcastle down. Uh, we've got to remember this. He, yeah. um, he he only played 56 games. They were doomed, weren't they, from, from when he went in. But is that going to be the same as, as at Leicester? He's coming into a doomed club and maybe it's too late. See the, the the thing is, it's it's a funny, funny game, isn't it? Football because pundits, everybody, were looking at Leicester, you know, forgetting Southampton because they they look doomed, doomed. They look, look they, they look they look doomed, doomed. And when I say that, I mean that they'll they'll not only lose the talent they've got, but they'll be struggling in that championship for years if if they go down, which they look like. But Leicester fans were like, um, and, and like I said, everybody else were like, um. Oh, they're doomed. They'll lose to Man City. They could be five, six points behind. Da, da, da. Now, all of a sudden, we've got a fresh face in. We've got a familiar face in. And we've got a, well, a bit of a bulldog tune on a wasp face in John Terry. But still, we've got a, a you know, a senior face in that defensive shake-up. I mean, he might have to get his kit on and play for us this season, the way it's been at the back. But, yeah. you know, all, all of a sudden, we're going, oh, well, actually, it's not that bad. Get the Man City game out of the way. There's... Six winnable Gary, and then all of a sudden it's it's they're in with a chance. I, I I don't think you're in the same situation because Norwich have a reputation. They are probably one of the worst reputations in history. Quite literally, it's in the history books because they're they're up and down more than a bride's knickers on a wedding night, as you would say, Chris, or as a yo-yo. Um, so it's kind of like you know breaking breaking the status quo at Norwich is like getting knighted by the king for doing a handstand. It's not going to happen. Whereas Leicester, you do feel like they've still got a bit of fight in them, and if he can get them roaring and a decent performance against Man City, regardless of the result, I know it's important we get points. Who knows? Um, but there's still a chance, and I, you know, like he said, I would not have taken. We would none of us. The three of us would not be at this club if we didn't think we couldn't turn this around. So we'll yeah. see now, won't we? Time will tell, as, he, as, as as we say. It's interesting to see that Jesse Marsh allegedly watched the Bournemouth game and walked away, and yet those three watched the Bournemouth game and said, yeah, we can do this. So maybe, I mean, I, I jokingly said in the bit that I wrote for the BBC that it was a lucky escape, and it's funny that, what the Ides of March mean, isn't it? You know, I say March, all right, but for for, for joke purposes, yeah. the Ides of March. Um, yeah, I think I think we had a lucky escape there. Sounds like it. And what does that say about him? Because if I'm being honest, right, he was the only one. Like Rob just uh, just enlightened on us there, right? That um, you know. He was the only one that Leicester were begrudgingly willing to offer a full-time contract because he turned one down from Southampton, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was Everton, but you confirmed to me when I was on that show it, it, it was Southampton, right? So that tells me that he was desperate for a safety cushion. He wanted a three-year deal, which was apparently rumoured that we were offering him. 
because nobody wanted to take it on the interim basis until yeah. yesterday, right? And that tells me he wasn't confident in getting Leicester safe, but he was confident that if he had a nice custody two years, two and a half years or whatever left on his contract after that time to do so, he could maybe, potentially, possibly, I don't know because I don't trust my own abilities, get you back in the playoffs. Maybe, I don't know. And it sounds like the most incompetent of managers' response ever because if that's me and I'm hearing that maybe someone is reconsidering taking the Leicester job, like Dean Smith clearly had, he obviously sat down with Shaky and Ter John Terry said, we can do this, right? Should we take the interim, get ourselves back out there? And they've gone, yeah, and that's why they've got the job. Why didn't he sign on the dotted line and take it when we, when he knew we were doing it? And it just shows incompetence. So, yeah, great escape number one of the season complete. No Jesse Marsh because yeah. he obviously is incompetent. <laughs> totally true. Totally true. It's like showing your opponent your cards in a poker final, isn't it? What, what What's the point? You know, yeah. and and like I say, I think the fact that these the I mean, when when you get sacked by a club these days, if it's a Premier League club, you get, or even a Championship club these days, you get a nice little payoff. Mm -hmm. and, you know, you've only got to look at the likes of Poch and uh, all the you know two short. Oh, he's gone now. Obviously, he's got a job, but they don't need to rush into taking something. They could sit back and. Let's be honest with you, they earn as much in a year as we would earn in our lifetime. So they can, you know, they, yeah. they've got a nice, cosy job. But the fact, and it is a win win situation, because I suppose if we go down, they could say, well, we did the best we did. You know, they were, they were literally yeah. in that sort of situation. And you look at Leicester, and we, we, are, we are neck deep in, in the poo poo, aren't we? You know, it's not, just, it's not just the fact that we're playing badly, it's just everything around the club at the moment. And they could, you know, easily say that, well, we, we did our best, you know. So it's not necessarily going to carry off a lot of the blame. But like you say, they've said, yeah, let's give this a go. And if they do that, A, they could be rewarded with a hell of a lot of money if they keep us up, uh, because I'm sure Top's put that in there. Um, oh. And B, either a full contract with us, or they will get a, you know, they'll, they'll be looked at for other jobs now. Um, and let's be honest with you, it'd be strange having shaky back permanently, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. It would. Uh, I mean, you saw there in the video as well. And I know we, we're, we're no strangers to it. We saw it ourselves, but he's very hands on as an assistant manager, isn't he? I mean, it was quite a good clip they used of him at Norwich. I mean, not for the fact that he married that they were at Norwich City, but you saw that whatever part of his role that Dean Smith entrusts in him to do, you know, you noticed that Dean Smith was talking to a group of players that he needed to talk to, and Shakespeare, whether it was just give him this message why I talk to these guys, he was there and he was telling them, he was doing that hand movement. It's like, we need you there. Whether he's telling him he's a defender, I don't know. I didn't know the player, what position he was playing. But he was clearly giving him instructions to either push up or sit a bit deeper, depending on his role. So he clearly is very hands-on. And John Terry's going to take no slacking. And, you know, with with, with the youngsters, they yeah, could be impressionable by him. I know, you know, a lot of them players in our squad uh, may have seen John Terry grown up and idolised him. I'm, I'm sure Sutar would have been fond of 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 learning what Gentile is all about and what he did and what he can offer, 
So, yeah, I mean, the impetus is there. And you would assume that if there's not a kind of, I mean, I know they didn't have a plan B for Rogers, but for Christ's sake, surely they've got a plan B for success. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, quickly put it out there, Chris. I don't know how long you plan to do so, but put it out there on. If, if Dean Smith keeps us up, Comfortably, and I'm not saying skin of the teeth like Leeds. I'm saying he beats Everton, West Ham, and and that, and we stay up and finish 14th. Would you say forget the Potter plan? Let's give this man a chance, or are you set on if he keeps us up? Thanks very much, but we want Potter. I'd like to see where fans are on that hypothetical. So because if he goes and beats Everton, West Ham, Leeds, uh, I'm trying to think of Wolves. And we actually end up somehow staying up comfortably. Yeah. I don't see a way that you can refuse to offer him the job at least. And I, I would be interested. Yeah, let's, let's see what people say in the chat. I mean, yeah, my yeah. answer to that is, and interestingly, and we've still got seven hours left, but I put a poll out on, um, and it wasn't very happy because it was raining. Boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that was awful. Oh, my God, I can't believe I said that. I put a poll out on Twitter. And uh, I've got, and it was like Smith, Shakespeare, and Terry happy. And it was a simple yes or no. Eighty-two point three percent are happy. Um, there you go. I think that's it. And in fairness, would he say yes? I mean, do you even you remember the Great Escape season? Of course you do. Yes, yes. Can you not? And we finished like fourteenth that season, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Which, which actually, when you when you say fourteenth, it sounds like we were comfortable. Which we know we weren't, you know. And look at last season. It was. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but when you can't play away, there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Muck Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com it's an awful season but we somehow have managed to finish eighth so if he gets us for me i'm not convinced potter will come here because maybe at the end of the season he'll have a you know a few maybe chasing him spurs who knows you know uh they may look at it there and go now after what happened at chelsea but and he might not want having dealt with Bowie. Oh, no. Spurs, Spurs love to kick managers when they're down. So why not? Graham Potter to Spurs, ruin his career more, bless him, and not learn from his mistakes, probably. Yeah. Um, if he, I mean, <laughs> look what he did when he brought Villa up. Mm-hmm. Rob said, yes, he had Grealish. We've got Madison. Um, do we sell him? It'll be interesting to see if we do. And somebody just asked, will they have money to spend? I think not, obviously, at the end of the season. Yes, I think they will be given money to spend because I don't think Top can risk 
doing that again. I really, yeah. really don't. And if, if we're in the next, if we drop down, we'll need, well, there'll be players leaving anyway. We know there's a lot out of contract. So that's going to, you know, I think it's seven out of contract this, this summer or something. So yeah, you know, yeah that's it does. seven places in the squad that, that we can fill. So, yes, I think you will yeah. have money to spend. Um, and plus, he's got he's got eight weeks for some of these players that maybe were only leaving because they didn't feel they had a future under Brendan. Yeah. To, you know, if he's going to these players, I don't know you. I don't know your situations. Clean slate, guys, you've got with me. If you feel like you're out in the cold, you're certainly not. Train your nuts off. I'll pick you. And then if the inevitable, that, that's just jumping the future of high, of high. Uh, yeah, that's just jumping the future. I can't say the posh word that I was trying to say. You know what I was trying to say. It's hypothetical. I can say it when I'm not thinking it. Um, yeah. Leicester stay up. They do it well. And, and, and like you know, like you say, great escape-esque and finish thir- 13th, 14th. And all of a sudden, so you don't choose playing. And again, I'm throwing that hypothetical here. But all of a sudden, we've got a feel-good factor. And all of a sudden, these players go, well, I'll give you two years. Then it could be amazing how this club can change on its head. Because all of a sudden... We still lose maybe six players, but that's where our issue's been. We haven't got the wage structure. That's six players that six, you know, wages that are completely gone for a whole year that we can actually go out and then reintegrate back into the wage structure and go out and re-strengthen the squad because we now, as a club, despite not having a plan B for Rogers, we need to be thinking plan B after this season, whether we unfortunately do still get relegated or Dean Smith keeps us up. And then plan B or C after that needs to be, okay, let's just say we stay up comfortably and give him the job. How much are we going to give him to go and replace these players? Or are any of these players that suddenly were going out the door wanting to re-sign with Leicester and let him build the squad? Next season, the division doesn't matter so much in terms of the rebuild. We just need the rebuild because the rebuild's happening regardless of the division with the, how many players we're going to lose on these contract situations. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, for me, yeah, I mean, if he keeps us up by the skin of our teeth, then I think we probably know that we're going to have to be yeah. up somewhere else. If he keeps us up comfortably and... That is possible. I mean, let's be honest with you. If he suddenly finds the winning formula and we win those games that we were talking later earlier and we get 12 points, we could end up 12th or 13th. Again, it sounds very, very nice. Uh, yeah, I think he's got to be given the chance. He's earned the chance. Yeah, and I think that is the big difference that you just made. I mean, if, if you stay up by the skin of your teeth and it's actually due to other teams' poor performances and you just not being just as bad as them, if you will, then obviously you kind of go, ah, well, thanks for doing it. We appreciate it. You did keep us up. Here's the payoff, but we do need more experience in fairs. But like you say, Chris, if he does it, too far. Too far, Scott. You've drawn a line there. No, they're they're still frozen out. I'm waiting to see what you said to that. (laughs) There's not not a flamethrower powerful enough to freeze them from the ice out. They've they've been in... I mean, you never know, though, could you? Could you imagine? Yeah, it depends what formation he plays. I still say Bertrand just wasn't the right player for our for Roger's systems, which makes it weird as to why he went for him. 
Uh, yeah, and his, and his kneecaps were made of dust. The hip collapsing <laughs> on him, bless him, to be fair. I don't actually hold any malice against Bertrand because he's just never been fit since that pre-season, has he, really, to be an option. Did nobody look at it and go, well, actually, this guy's got a bit of an injury record. He was a free agent, though, weren't he? He was a free yeah, agent, yeah. so... We know, we know that those are two of Roger's signings, uh, but definitely. Um, let's have a look here, though. I just want to run through um, the... No, you can see in there, the man up there. I just want to go through his... Uh, quickly through his bio. Because, you know, we, we tend to look at managers and judge them on their... Well, they finished here, they finished there, they got relegated, they got promoted. You know, you can see the way that Nottingham Forest got promoted last season let's be fair to them, was was excellent because they came from absolutely nowhere and stormed it at the end. Yeah. You know, other teams, and we've been in there, sneaked into the playoffs on the last day of the se- season. So there's a lot of differences. Um, but let's have a look. Uh, he, he, he retired from playing at the end of, well, in the winter of the 2004-05 season and took a position of Orient's youth team coach. Uh, be- before becoming the first team's assistant manager later that season. So, again, you know, I like this because he started, a bit like, remember Martin O'Neill? You know, he, he, mm-hmm. he he's not a, he's not a um, Frank Lampard. He's not a Steven Gerrard. He's gone down and he's worked his way up. Do you know what I mean? And I know you're a big yeah. fan of Lampard and Gerrard, so I'm sorry if I'm upsetting you here. But, you know, he's not he's not gone straight in at the top. Um, he stayed in that role quite a while until January 2009, when he departed along with his manager, Martin Ling. Six months later, he was appointed head of youth at another of his former clubs, Walsall, where he was a player for quite a while. Um, his big break came January 2011, when he was given the manager's job at Walsall until the end of the season. He took over a side, lying bottom of League One, eight points from safety, but masterminded a great escape. Ooh. It's almost like if these ex-players go down to the rough and tumble of the lower leagues and earn their experience and graft that way, it actually makes them accomplishable managers because they know what it's like to fight when they're... Yeah, uh, you know when it's done. It's almost like you, Gerard and, and, and Lampard went and managed in the second division. They, they might actually become competent brain cells of a manager. <laughs> is it something in the water, Chris, or is it just that fucking obvious? Excuse my French. <laughs> it's chairman who don't know what they're doing. But I, I mean, the fact that you know he took over a club that were eight points adrift and bottom of the league, and took. Them, uh, um, and and managed and managed a great escape. I, I love that. That's totally, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Uh, the following season, his team finished six points outside the playoffs. So again, fair play to him. He's improving them. Uh, and in March 2015, he took the club to Wembley Stadium for the first big time in their 127 year history as they contested the EFL Trophy final. Uh, Walsall were fourth in the table when Smith was reunited by Championship. So he was recruited, sorry, reunited. I should have gone to Specsavers. Recruited by Championship side Brentford in November 2015. He went on to secure three top 10 finishes at Brentford uh, in his three years in charge of the Bees, which again, it's a bloody tight division, that, isn't it? And we're not talking, you know, we're talking like 2015, so it's recent. Uh, yeah. 
that's quite impressive. Three top ten finishes. Yeah, it is. And actually, you know, I'm I'm a little bit of an admirer of that division. I think most Leicester fans are that that, that have spent the time with the club following them. Not maybe not the newer brands because they're used to the Premier League gear, and I understand that, I get it. But us older lot and, and, and you ancient folk, you know what it's like as, as being a championship club. Where uh, we we've been there, we, we know that we know how difficult it is. And actually, I didn't know he was a manager, but I definitely remember the hype around Brentford. You know, there was a lot of friends of mine that were in the champ that had clubs in the championship. There was a few people that we probably spoke to that, you know, that we had on the show um, that yo-yoing club like Watford. And they said, Brentford are doing bits for a club that's just come up, they're finishing 10th, they're going to make the playoffs. And they keep kept petering out and not being able to hold it together. But to know that he was actually the man that was masterminding uh, that, it, it, it adds to the calibre. Again, yeah. It's almost like learning your trade from the bottom to the top works. Yeah. Lampard, Gerard. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. On the 10th of October, <laughs> 2018, uh, Smith was named head coach of his boyhood club, Aston Villa, where he had cleaned the steps of the Holt End while his father was working as a steward. Villa were 15th in the championship at the time, but Smith oversaw a 10-match winning run between the 2nd of March and the 22nd of April 2019, um, breaking a 109-year-old club record and grabbing a place in the playoffs. He led his side to victory over Midlands rivals uh, West Brom uh, in the semi-finals uh, following a penalty shootout and a 2-1 win over Derby in the Wembley final. Look, Derby. That was Frank Lampard as well, weren't it? Or was that Wayne Rooney? Which one of them was that that battled that against him? Uh, <laughs> I think Frank Lampard was manager of Derby when that happened. Yeah, I think it was Lampard. Um, and, and he returned Villa after three year absence. Like I say, just beating Derby in a playoff final, mate. You're good enough for me, Dean. Yeah. You're good enough for me. Uh, after he kept promoted Villa up in 2019-20 on a dramatic final day, he led them into 11th the following season, winning a Barclays Manager of the Month in December 2020. Uh, Smith parted company with the club in 16th position after playing 11 matches in 21-22. He was appointed head coach of Norwich City just eight days later. I was going to say it was pretty quick, wasn't it? Um uh, on the 15th of November, was unable to save them from relegation that season. Uh, he left the club on the 27th of December 2022 uh, with the Canaries fifth in the championship, 12 points outside. Gonna sneeze, excuse me. Um, 12 points. And again, why ruin a good sneeze when you can do it twice? Uh, 12 points outside the automatic promotion spots. I mean, Fifth. I mean, that's a, that's a Watford type thing, isn't it? I, I was literally about to say that. And, you know, the more you read through his record, I can see the yeses on your poll probably going up because there was a comment earlier, and I don't know if it was True Red or someone else. I might have read the name wrong and just thought it was um, Luke. I don't think it was now. I'm thinking about it. Who said everywhere he's gone, it's an instant up. It's an instant impact. Great escape at Walsall. Bradford into the top top half of the championship. You know, but he, didn't, he didn't leave. It wasn't like he went Walsall up, oh, it's falling apart, jump ship. It was Walsall on the up, Walsall on the up, got poached by Brentford. Brentford 
what the hell are you doing challenging for the playoffs three years in a while? Well, because this man's doing it for us. And then he gets poached easily, we'll say. Obviously, it's his boyhood club. He's, he's you know, it's not it's not a Steve Bruce boyhood club, by the way. It is actually his boyhood club. Um <laughs> Yeah, but he's got you know, so many boyhood clubs. He's, he's, got, he's oh, got more boyhood clubs than uh, Anthony's yeah. got clubs he supports. Yeah, I mean, Anthony's that behind on news. He's actually just messaged me saying, looks like you're getting Steve, uh, Dean Smith then, Brad. Uh, no, mate, it's not been confirmed. We're not talking about it live on the show right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, normally he's on ball, that. But yeah, I mean, you look at everywhere he's gone. And, and again, you know, even Norwich. I mean, let's face it. The mission Impossible. I don't know what it was true. I did it right. Villa, 11th. I think he was very harshly sacked. I mean, he's just got you safe. He's got your 100 million for dra- Jack Dive about Grealish, right? One of the best players Villa have ever developed and, and had at their club in a hell of a long time. And I'm talking when they had the likes of um, Perez and Langell and all that there, or whoever was at Villa during O'Neill's, you know. So that tells you the calibre of player he can control, he can get the best out of. And 11 games in and there were 16. I mean, that was a bit ridiculous uh, for me. And like you said, they were fifth in the championship. Sorry, Watford, calm down with your sacking. What, what was he doing so wrong? It's not, it's one of the most difficult divisions to get out of. He was at least in the playoffs. And I don't even know if Norwich is still in there now, are they? Um, that's a very, very good question. Because I know, I know, Blackburn, I know Blackburn are in there. I know Sheffield United is second, Luton a third. Uh, I think Middlesbrough up there with Carrick. Norwich they might... at the moment. Oh, well, look what he's done. He, took, he, he kept them on a high, kept them pushing back. They've let him go and now look what they're doing. Lead balloon. They're getting what they deserve then in that case. So even more reasons to be optimistic, you know, as a Leicester fan, you know, um, sod so the title race. If he gets us on a on a move straight away, I'm happy to beat Man City the weekend now, Chris. He's, but, he's only, yeah. In fairness, though, they're only one point off the playoffs. And no, it doesn't matter, mate. Fifth to eighth is big drop. No, that's <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, people yeah. say, yeah. like, oh, you know, and... and you know, Luke said there he's left every club in a better state than he joined them. Absolutely true, Luke. Uh, you did point out maybe not Norwich, but Norwich were going down that season. They were bottom when he took over. Um, yeah, he got him a few decent wins, didn't he? On his yeah, I, I, well, I don't remember to be honest with you, but I think he started he, with a win. I think I actually think he got his first game and got a win because I think they only won two games all season or something like that. That season, that's how bad <laughs> Norwich yeah. were. Um, and for them to be fifth, I mean, it's like when we sacked Ericsson. I mean, we weren't actually doing badly. We were sort of eighth or ninth or something. But, yeah, and I think that was a bit unfair. But when you read that, why the bloody hell didn't we get over him first? Well, yeah, especially when you're reading it through through um, through it like that, it does make for good reading. And... and and that's what he'll install in there. You know, he's not, he doesn't seem the sort of, he doesn't come across as the sort of manager that would have gone in at midnight after he finished all his interviews and pitch taking and stuck up all his achievements on the wall going, this is what I did, so you better do it. Now he'll go in there and, 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 and bring what he brought to Walsall, what he brought to Brentford, what he gave Villa, and he'll give them... You know what? I'm actually looking forward to his training ground video, Chris, because for the first time, I think I'm not going to hear, pass it, 
five yards, pass it again, pass it. I wouldn't be surprised if they're having a little bit of a kick around. And I know people might disagree with that, but like he said in his in this video, we can't work on fitness. No, hey, uh, you can't work on fitness, Dean, because we've got about eight players out injured, so they can't <laughs> get fit. Funny, but, only one since Brendan left. Well, yeah, funny that, isn't it? It's almost yeah. like a little bit's been tweaked. But again, you know, feel good atmosphere. Let them have a day just bonding, chilling, buzzing themselves up, bigging them up. If that's what he's doing, doing and this is, is success in terms of position rise that these clubs have had under him, you know, why not? Yeah. Bring on, yeah. Bring on Dean Smith's army. Uh, yeah, 100% D. Smith Blue and White Army. Let's go there. Plus Shaky and Terry as well. We can't forget them. They, co- yeah. they are the three musketeers. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe more like the Animaniacs, if you know them. <laughs> one for one. <laughs> uh, one for all. Oh. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to leave me dangling then. <laughs> I was for a second because my brain went to like a spoof of it. Where it's like a one for me or something like that. I couldn't remember the line, so I went with the original. That's all that matters. You got there. Uh, look, I can say Potter seems to be the one we, you know, they've been an admirer of Potter for a while. You know my thoughts on Potter. When he was at Brighton, uh, I don't, sometimes you have to, it's like, it's like being a, a painter. You, you know, you, you don't become famous until you're dead. You know, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> or you chop off your ear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, was it just here? No way, so I didn't fall for that one. Uh, <laughs> but I hear what you're saying. Um, oh, <laughs> hey, come, oh. On. come on. You know what? I thought I'd heard bad jokes before, but now I've heard it all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you haven't. Not yet. I really haven't. I wish I was deaf, though. Uh, Is that a joke? No, I don't think it was, actually. Look. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, good God! Look at us joking and laughing on a stream about Leicester. What the hell is going on? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've walked into a different universe. I know, I know. We'll wake up in a minute, and Jesse Marshall will be doing the press conference. No, oh! Brendan Rodgers will still be in charge. We'll be two oh, nil down. No, no, no. But uh, look, yeah, we know Potter is there. Is seems to be their number one choice, and I understand that. I can say. It was almost like I didn't appreciate what Potter was doing at Brighton because I wanted him to go and win something. But mm. he went to Chelsea. Chelsea, and I always say, you've got to go for that. You can't say no because you don't know when a job like that is going to come again. But no. I think he's actually walked away with his head held high because I think if you look at that, you we all know he didn't choose the players. There was that no. many players at that club they had to get changed in the corridor. You know, one, one guy walked in and thought it was his local hospital. There was that many people in the corridor. Do you know what I mean? So, and he's walked away. And I think we all we all look at that and go, yeah. And then you look at it and think, well, Leicester Brighton, maybe that's the sort of club that he is he is best at. So I remember, I appreciate why he's sort of held in such high esteem. But having just read that bio on Dean Smith, good God. I remember yeah. when he was backed by Villa, he was replaced by Gerard. Oh, yeah, that clown. Oh, come on, Brad. I thought you'd have been all over that. 
No, no, it's just infuriating Stephen Gerrard. I kind of burned the club's name that he was he's with. I'm just so infuriated by him. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's smiling from it's a parallel universe. He says he's smiling from ear to ear. Um, I don't blame you. Uh they they would just been bought out by some owners. Well, basically mm-hmm. just when they were in the championship and as they came up by some American owners. And I remember listening to... I'd, I'd had to drive to have a DWP appointment. And I remember listening to Talk Sport on the way. And the, it had the owner or the representative of Villa on. And I actually had to say, he spoke so much sense. A bit like Newcastle. You know, like, like we want to do a Leicester. We're not going to just go and throw money at it, although we could do. We want it to be a slow building. But they'd got plans that they wanted to be big. And I think... Looking, maybe he was gone. All right, they've got um, Ebening in, haven't they? Uh, what's he called? Um, Unai Emery. Unai Emery in, and that's obviously proving to be a good signing. I think they probably actually regret getting rid of Dean Smith or thinking maybe we got rid of him too soon because I don't think they would have gone down. No, I, I don't. I don't understand. Uh, the, I think if I remember at the time, there was. There was um... I don't know, maybe I'm thinking of Chris Wilder at Sheffield United. I don't know. Um, but I think there was something at the time maybe about he'd, he'd had an argument with the hierarchy or something. Or maybe he actually, yeah, I think he was. And I think he was kind of told something. And then when push came to shove in the transfer window, he was told, actually, you've got to sell. Oh, where have we heard that before? Was it this year with Brendan? Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was a hierarchy because I think he was told he was going to have money to spend and then he basically got told, yeah, you see that Jack Grealish who, who we value at 100 million? You've got to get rid of him and replace him. Uh, and that, that obviously, you know, it, 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 it didn't work in a sense, no. did it for him? And it, has, it still hasn't worked for him because even, just, even just, Mr. Good Evening is replacing reading, him. Yeah, yeah, just reading it. In preparation for the England record transfer of Jack Grealish to Manchester City in a deal worth a hundred million. I mean, think how much Madison could have been worth if we'd have actually been improving. And that's what I say about Brendan Rodgers: is he not only ruined the team financially, he's almost ruined the club because you know if he'd have sold Tielemans at the point, you know maybe we'd have got more. Well, we'd have got more money for him. But anyway, uh, Smith bought in some of the sizings: Benida, Bailey, and Danny Ings for a total yeah. fee of eighty-three million. Wendy, yeah, from Norwich. Yeah, also signed former player Ashley on a free transfer from Inter Milan. And for the third time, signed Manchester United defender Alex Tuanzibi on loan. Uh, On the 7th of November, Smith and Aston Villa party company after a run of five straight defeats in the Premier League. Chief Executive Christian Perslow stated the decision was made after Aston Villa had not continued to improve in the 21-22 seasons that they had done in the previous years. But you just lost that Grealish. It made no sense. I know. I know. I mean, let's be honest with you. We're going to lose Tielemans, whatever. We're going to lose Madison. If we go down, we could well lose Madison. Do people expect us to be as good as we were with them two? Depending, obviously, who we bring in, in fairness. But it's, it's going to take time. It's not going to take just six months or so. It's going to take time for the new players to come in. There might be, a, I'm sorry to say this, Wesley Fofana and, and be, be at it straight away, or there might be a Sumari. The guy 
like you say, just lost the most expensive player in English football history. It was always yes. difficult, wasn't it? Yeah, of course it is. And, and, and again, look, I, I don't know what that ownership was on about, but, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, you lose a £100 million player, and I think you could say very, um, yeah, it was, it was a Grealish target at start because he wanted to keep him. He actually gave him a new deal. He kind of did, as you said, uh, he did a Harry Maguire. He signed a bigger deal to make sure they got what they valued him out yeah. for. yeah. He didn't want to leave them, and I don't think he was that particularly enamoured. Oh, I've got a massive echo in my own, mate, and I don't know what it is, so that's just random. Anyway, that was random. That was annoying. I lost my focus then. Um, yeah, I don't think he was that enamoured with the the, the the idea that it it didn't. It wasn't like the hundred million was added to a budget because, like you said, there, it said eighty three million. I don't understand that. You know, people know people that know the, the, the industry. He, yes, they got 100 million for Jack Grealish, but like we got 80 million, it was for Harry Maguire. That's put into the club. That's not, oh, you've now got 80 million to. Um, no, it's gone now. It was just a real rebound. I don't know what it was. Um, but, you know, he only spent 83 of that 100 million. The rest would have been invested in the club. But it wasn't like he was given that on top of a transfer budget. And that maybe, to me, makes me question whether the owner's been a bit deceitful with him on, on, on the fact that, you know, selling Jack Grealish was always going to leave a hole in their squad. But it wasn't like he was like, oh, well, you can go out and spend £60 million, right? That might get you one, two players, depending on how many positions you feel we need. But... If we sell Jack Grealish now for £100 million, you're going to have a nice little bit of kitty and something to work with in January if you need to tweak anything. Or we could put it towards a new training ground or whatever. Then he might be like, all right, happy days. It sucks that you're going, but I can replace you. I've got the, you know, I've got connections out there. I'll bring in Buendia like he did. And I like Leon Bailey. I wanted him to sign him. It's Jamaican who played for uh, by Leverkusen, a very good talent. I'm, I'm, I was gutted that he went there because I thought he'd rip it apart. Shows what I know how what he's doing now. But it does seem like it was a little bit of a tear away. And I, I tell you this now. Hindsight, he gets the job. Let's go down that route. Top, learn from your mistakes of miscommunication with Brendan from this season, please. Because if he gets us back on track and then, you know, we let's say we finish top 10 next season. And again, massive hypotheticals. And then you stitch him up like you've done Brendan with the money issue this time. We're going to become so unappealing to managers thinking, well, the board trusted for a year and a half and then they stopped communicating with me. Why do I want to be in charge of them? So we'll see. We'll see what time brings. I muted myself. I don't know if I get an, if you've got an echo now because I've unmuted myself. Uh, I got a little bit at the start. Yeah, so I can hear myself back through your end now. Right. I will mute myself between questions then. Um, yeah. I've, I found you have to go on settings and take it off default and make sure it's on desktop and I make sure that mine's on speakerphone because I'm on a phone. It's weird. StreamYard doesn't save it because I've got echo cancelling and I know you've got it on. So uh, it's just weird. Yeah, I've got echo cancellation. Yeah, but then you've got your mic and mindset as speakerphone and not default because it was on default. It was getting on my nerves because that's why I found out I was getting the echo from you. Was getting the echo from me. Uh, 
Sorry. Well, I've, I've changed it, so we'll see if this, this helps it at all. Um, but I'll let you answer this one because we talked about him earlier. The man, the supporter of many clubs, the man who has more clubs than Nick Faldo and, and whoever's just won the Masters. Big Anson. Uh, I messaged Brad about this appointment. You guys happy? If I was a Leicester fan, I wanted a, raw, a better appointment. You see, you've, you've come in very late. And <laughs> the problem is, I tell you what, let's just say, and no disrespect, Anthony, go right back to the start and watch it all. And you'll see that, yes, I think we're, we, we are happy. Uh, as Mike says there, uh, it's a good appointment, Anthony. Um, yeah, it is. It's an appointment that you have to take effort in circumstances. And, and literally his words in his own interview, Anthony, he said, you know, unlike a certain American cowboy, we looked at the position, we looked at the circumstances and we really felt we could do this. So that's why we're here. If we didn't think we were up to the task of doing it, we wouldn't have taken on the role. And that's what you want at this club. And I'm, I know it's generic. I know it's part and parcel. But if you're a player watching that last night going, oh, God, we've got a new gaffer. It's just Dean Smith. Let's watch his interview. Let's see what he says. Go on. Oh, I'll tell you what, we'll see what you bring in the morning, mate. But yeah. I'm all for it. You're, you're confident. Well, he's taking his first training session today. Um, if I hope he's got building sandcastles. <laughs> if you are free on Thursday, I think I'm going to attempt to cover the uh, the first press conference. Yeah, it'd be interesting, mate. I, yeah, I nearly said not. that about Sadler to you, you know, but then I realised it was Roger sat in the chair with blonde yeah. hair. Exactly, but, yeah. exactly. I didn't. I looked at Sadler and I thought, no, because what's he gonna? What's he gonna? And it was at the end, like you say, it was yeah. just Roger's mark yeah. two. But I think and, it's going to make it interesting again. Um, oh, Anthony! Oh, God, he's in Dorset. Yeah, no wonder it's pissing down with rain, Anthony. If you're here. <laughs> are you having a good time mate um, yeah if you come over my way let me know uh, i'll have you around just make sure i'm out um, <laughs> if you are free all uh let, let, let's get together and have a beer uh yeah i agree gray i watched it and as did brad and we all think he ticked the right boxes um mike uh i got your message i've, I've uh, followed you back on twitter uh, if you're up for joining me and Chris to do something for the F1, uh, message me and we'll get it sorted. Um, it'll be a couple of weeks, yeah, of course, until the next race. Look, it, we, we've it's. I've not felt this optimistic since we beat Forest 4-0 earlier in the season. I've not felt this optimistic since... Well, I wasn't optimistic when we played Forest. Because we haven't won, that we? I think we just come off a ball draw against Palace and Bournemouth. So I wasn't even optimistic going into that game, and I suppose afterwards, yeah. Is it is is it is it bad of me to say I'm not this? Opt- I haven't been as optimistic since the FA Cup final, where I felt we had a chance of winning it. And back then, maybe, maybe I don't know. But yeah, I get what you're saying in terms of in terms of thinking we've turned a corner and we're going to have an okay season. That was probably the well, yes, last one thought. And I think. When we beat Villa and then when we beat Spurs, let's be honest with you, Spurs were Spurs were as bad that day against us as we were against Palace. Uh, yeah. Let's be honest with you. And I I didn't feel optimistic because I didn't think we'd turn the corner. 
I I looked at that and mm. thought, yeah, maybe maybe this. Yeah. Is I, th- I think I think we'd falsely turned so many corners that we felt like we we're going down the wrong way, down the wrong what one way street, didn't we? <laughs> it gone that way. We were. Things were just I mean, coming back and back in, and like, we've been yeah. here before, and we've had yeah, so it many was. Storms Days over. We've had so many false dawns. But yeah. look, let's get behind the guys. Um, I tell you, th- the thing for me as well is, um, I do think Top might just have stumbled on. The perfect answer. We will know. Uh, mm. I don't think. I know we're away to City, but when we turn up against Wolves for the next home game, I don't think. I mean, I think it'll be a great reception for Shaky anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think he'll get a great reception. The Clappers are coming back. Apparently, um, they came back for the last game, but I don't think anybody. I, I was hoping for somebody to go and shove one up Sadler's arse, but apparently nobody did. Um, are the monks back? Are the monks back blessing us? Because that's what they did when they originally installed the clappers. Well, the, the yes, yeah. Um, and and I just think, as a fan, if it was Jesse Marsh that was leading that team out against Wolves, I'd be sat there thinking, oh, this is all going to go wrong. But despite whatever happens against City, because it is against City, and I think we do have to give that as a free hit. I mean, if we get a draw against City... You know, giving the freedom of the city ourselves. Give them the job. Give them, give them the yeah. game. Give them the five-year contract. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I do feel more optimistic because of who you know. And I would have said the same with Benitez as well. I'm not a Benitez fan, and I wouldn't have wanted him. So I do feel confident because of that. So uh, fingers crossed. Brad, yes, thank you so very much. Uh, get rid of that when you're smiling, Dirge. It's awful. <laughs> to be honest with you, it is. It's our song, but to say that you're supposed to be smiling when you're smiling. Yeah, it just sounds so depressing the way they sing it. Can we get oh. like a punk rock band to sing it? <laughs> <laughs> well, at least. Get Jersey Bud back to do a speed, or just turn the turn the speed up a bit. When he's running, oh. when he's running, oh, well, well, we, you, I mean, yeah. you want some, I mean, maybe we should walk out to Z cars, and that's like, do, 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 do. It, you know, it, it's anyway, anyway. That's have to be another show. What tune should we walk out to? Um, oh, yeah, that that'd be a good one. <laughs> maybe we should do. Was it Sheffield United that once had the players walk out to Darth Vader music? No, I don't know. I miss that would have been so cool. Without putting the fear up the opposition. <laughs> yeah, just have just have Dean Smith come out with a red lightsaber and a Vader helmet and just do 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 All the players walked oh. out in the because they come out in training gear, so they could all come out as stormtroopers. Oh no, don't say that stormtroopers never at the target. We need goals, Chris. That have them come out <laughs> as stiffords. Uh, oh. uh, I hope you're right, Mike. I hope you're right. Don't forget, give me a message on Twitter. Um, some Kasabian tune. <sighs> we had the issues with Kasabian and the whole Tom thing, didn't we, though, because of his... Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, that yeah. we used to. We used to, Scott, didn't we? We used to. It's a, oh, yeah. it's a shame that that's been tarnished. Was gold, that, was the gold, that was the gold music, wasn't it? You know. Yes. Do you, oh, do you remember Chelsea Dagger? You remember we used to have that when that went off and we scored? That would be great. That would be. I was written for a football club, you know. But look, really was. We actually come out to the post hall gallop. Yes, traditional noise. 
But again, is it inspiring? Is it like the guy there with his horn in the middle of the pitch, if you pardon the expression? I mean, wow. again, it's not Zed cars, or you know, is it really? Or I don't know. I don't know. Maybe in memory of the the member who who lost his life. Uh, sadly, I just realised that when I was about to say. But maybe we could have S Cup Seven reach for the stars. You just imagine that. Just the players coming out like reach, reach. <laughs> I'm I'm off, Chris. See you later, mate. The camera's gone. I'll quit. I'm that, done. That is wrong. That's a fortune lift. That is wrong on so many levels. <laughs> Having <laughs> oh, said that, in fairness, Ace Club Seven is still going away along with the uh, with with the. No. Yeah, it, it's whether, such whether a they rename themselves S Club Six or not, we will wait to see. I know, <laughs> but uh, we'll have to do oh, that as a show. We'll have to do that as a show. As people come on with your with your music, it'll, uh, it'll have to be sort of a. Uh, you'll have to donate money because I won't be getting any monetization from it because of the music. But look, Brad, mate, thanks for coming on. It was short notice, but, you know, we've got the new guy. I am feeling optimistic. I'm looking forward to the press conference. Love the video that he did last night. He ticked all the right boxes. There's the three of them. They each bring something separate from each other. And as a team, I think they are fantastic. And reading that bio on him and his managerial career, what could possibly go wrong? Um, well, I end up still playing QPR away. <laughs> I mean, look if, on the bright side of life. That's mean, the tune we walk out to. Well, yeah, that would be good. And, and, and for those of you that are still thinking, oh, maybe we should have held out and appointed someone better. Just remember, had we not appointed Dean Smith this morning, we'd all be panicking that we get Paul Ince because he got sat by Reading this Did morning he? or last night. Oh. Yeah, Paul Ince got kicked out the door at Reading. And he's the guy that had the ingenious idea that the best way to keep Reading up was to sign a 36-year-old Andy Carroll. So if you thought it could be a little bit worse, don't worry, it could have been. We could have, we could have been approaching Paul Ince for the job and we'd have had Tom Ince in the pissing squad. So, in, yeah. in fairness, Reading are twenty second out of twenty four. Yeah, well, I think last year he he did a miracle job to keep them up to fair. I think they were hoping he could do the same. Or was he Blackpool manager last year? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Blackpool He's been in that anyway. <laughs> Reading, Blackpool, yeah. Wigan are the bottom three. Brad, I'm looking forward to the press conference. I really, really am. Um, yeah, I'm no, I'm nervously optimistic about a post match, despite the result, because. I think we'll be talking about a performance more than a result, if you know what I mean. You know, I said I wasn't going to do a watch along. <laughs> you can have to now, mate. New I manager am. bounce. Leicester go meet Man City 2 0. Uh, I, I, be... I, I have got to cancel my drink with Craig. <laughs> no, do it, from, do it from the pub. Do it from the pub. Do it, do a beer special. Go on. Get a booth, sit out the way so no one notices. Have him do the watch along with you because I'm sure he'll be keeping an eye on relegation Bournemouth. You do a little Sky Sports, pull him three round there, mate. <laughs> I've, got his, I've, I've got his head clicking, folks. I've got his head clicking. You so have, if you... I've never used, I have utmost respect for your likes of yourself and Dan who use StreamYard on a mobile phone. I don't know how you manage it. <laughs> but, oh. uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's worth a shout, mate. If you know the pub well enough and you can get a get a move away from a buddy, why not? Well, the one that was suggested is about a ten minute walk, but they don't have oh. booths. It's not that posh. Oh well. Either way, maybe maybe just stack some tables up, build a fort. <laughs> That's what you can do. <laughs> oh God, you look now. Right, I blame you. Right, you're going. Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Bye, mate. Bye. Tell us about where people can find you. Uh, find me on Facebook if you want to be creepy and stalk me. I love you all, really. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Full Time Focus. And obviously, as always, uh, my YouTube channel, thanks to Chris, is in the description. It's Top 10 Battles. And I, I will keep saying this. There is work in, in progress behind the scenes. I, I, I am coming back to that channel. It's just you, you please bear with me um, over the next few weeks. But, yeah, if you want to go and spot that out, do that, but drop a like on this video, and if you haven't already, subscribe to this channel, because Chris puts in monumental work for this channel, and he deserves all the support from you guys that you can give him. I appreciate that, mate. It's why I've had to retire, because I couldn't work and do this at the same time. <laughs> and I don't want to work, let's be honest with you. Hey, anyone else notice that he cancels a watch-along, retires, and now he's going on the piss-up? Wink, 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 wink. <laughs> <laughs> it, it all, it all, it's all the clues are there. The clues yeah, are there, mate. I reckon you're entitled with top them and you're letting up, mate. I reckon you said, right, wait, sat Brendan now and now hire Smith so I can have a pie. Uh, uh, shush, shush, be quiet. <laughs> top, I'm giving away your secrets. <laughs> yeah. I will see you on Thursday uh, for the press conference. Uh, I will see you tomorrow night for the um, predictions. Predictions. Um, and I think, what does everybody think? I think Brad should come on on the watch along with us. Hey, if I can get that laptop bloody working, my phone has my um, sources of information for streams. I, I would, I would happily come on and, and and do the Man City one, and then leave when it's three 0 after Harland. No, 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 no! You want me to do it? You're gonna have to get turn that laptop on the night before. <laughs> I'll turn it on now. It might be warmed up by Saturday afternoon, so. Yeah, all right, mate. I'll do it. I'll tell you what. I'll do it with you, mate. If you're going to do it, and you, even if you're in the pub and doing it, I will. I will join you on a watch along for a Leicester game. I am going to be doing it, but I, I won't be doing it from the pub um, because I'll, I'll get my head beaten in. So, <laughs> look, I think you still even, going. Even the crowd want you. Even the crowd want you. Oh, well, I can't disappoint my followers, can I? I can't, you can't. disappoint my fans. You cannot Jeez. disappoint your followers. I'll, I'll get a headset on. I'll get a suit and tie. I'll sit there like 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 I'm Matt Piper. Oh my dear, laughter! Hey, we want them turned up for the watch time. We don't want them our eyes burn. Let's not have me <laughs> half naked on the screen, <laughs> mate. Thank you so very much. I'll see you tomorrow night. I'll see you then, mate. Take care, yeah, everybody. And, uh, and, and... Can I just say, before you actually go, uh, and I'm not going to say sort of who's won last week because it would you know, be unfair ahead of the show, let me just say this. I know, it's so difficult not to look smug at this point. Yeah, I'll see you then when we look at the league table as well, Chris. <laughs> oh, you had to get that in. All right, yeah, mate, I did. Good night. take care. Yeah, take see, you. see you later, mate. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks very much to Brad there. Can you believe two Leicester fans there smiling and joking away?
Great. Right, I'm going to put this up because I want everybody to see this. Uh, if we win on Saturday, Gray's going full Monty down the pub. And it doesn't mean going as a, in, in, in the fireman's uniform or whatever they're dressed up in at the start. Guys, thank you so very, very much. Uh, thanks to Brad. Thanks to Rob for coming on from The Athletic. Uh, appreciate that. He's obviously very, very busy uh, today. <laughs> he's been on the radio. He's been on all sorts. Get over, if you haven't already, uh, then please do get over for this. Catch up with the BBC's Tuesday Talking Point. Every Tuesday from Leicester till I die TV. Only on the BBC's Leicester City webpage. Do check it out. It's up there now. I'm going to retweet it, but do go over to the BBC Sport uh, website. Click on the Leicester City page and see what I've got to say about Dean Smith. I'm happy. I'm smiling when you're smiling. Um, let's hope we still are. It ain't games time. I will see you. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Cheers. I mean that. Appreciate that. I will see you. And yes, work is overrated, Boris. I will see you tomorrow night, nine o'clock, with Steve, hopefully, and Brad, when we'll be doing the prediction show. Uh, thank you to everybody that has been in the chat. Uh, it's been an afternoon show, so I wasn't expecting as many in. But thank you for joining us and uh, making us not look mad by talk to uh, talking to ourselves. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, thank you very much for lending me your ears. Go off and watch them now and have them back. And don't forget to subscribe to the channel. It does help. And even more than subscribing, because you can subscribe, but then please like as well. Please do like as well, uh, because if you like the video, it just gets us seen in places where we're not normally seen. I've This has been LTID TV. I've been Chris. This is Arnie. Good night. Thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You'd better like them too, or I'll be back. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect ultimate delivery now on the mcdonald's app you in a participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com even on a budget Quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.